expository outline of a particular chapter of the Bible. Uh, I just want to state a few reasons why I'm thankful this morning. How many of y'all are thankful this morning? Amen. Amen. I was at a, I went to a concert last night. And, uh, and before I do that, if you're here for the very first time, you're here for the very first time and you filled out uh, one of those first-time attender cards, our, our prayer request card, we are so thankful for that. We want to take them up. If you filled out one, can you hold it up real high? Did we have any? I know we got some from Barnwell over here. We've got some dear friends uh, from Barnwell, South Carolina. That was the first church I ever pastored in, in, in the low country of South Carolina at Long Branch Baptist Church. They're here all the way from South Carolina to go to church with y'all this morning. Y'all glad they're here this morning? Amen. They knew me long time before y'all did. Amen. And we're thankful that they're here. They're, you're on the way to Michigan. On the way to Michigan in the wintertime. I, I don't see the sense in that. Do y'all see the sense in that? Uh, south. Birds have enough sense to fly south for the winter. Amen. But they're going to Michigan to visit, and I'm glad that they're here. And if you're a first-time attender, I'm glad you're here too. Amen. We, we, we are so excited to be here. But what I was saying yesterday, last night, uh, Brother Kendrick invited me to go to a concert. I've never been to a concert in my life. This is the first one I've ever been to. So uh, we go in and we get a big old thing of popcorn. Say amen right there. Can't have a concert without popcorn. Amen. I was going to get the dipping dots, but I run out of money. Amen. But uh, we was up there, and, and, and it, was, it, was, it was a good thing, Brother Kendrick. I had to go higher. It really was. Uh, I, I, my feet hurt. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I stand too long, and you're saying, you're having to stand right now, preacher, but you'll get what I'm saying. Amen. I was sitting there, and we went up, and, and I went high enough where I could sit down because when the, when the concert started, when the, uh, it, everybody stood up, and they stayed up. So I'm glad I was high. Amen. So I'm sitting there, and I'm enjoying my popcorn. And see, when I went, I had the attitude, this is a concert. Well, when Chris Tomlin came in, he thought it was a worship service. And man, I'm here to tell you. They got to worshiping. Now, I was trying to stay dignified. You know, I'm enjoying my popcorn. I'm enjoying uh, this, this, this concert. And, and they got loose, and they, they, they got to singing that song, I Will Rise. And about halfway through that song, I had tears running down my face, and I got to think about the glory of God. And there's a couple thousand, uh, two or 3,000 people in this room that's got their hands raised. And, and, man, they are magnifying the king and glorifying him. And I couldn't help. See, when you know your Bible, it messes everything up. Because I've already read over there in Revelation chapter number 4 where the Bible says they're gathered around the throne crying, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. They sing a new song. The old song was, He's worthy because He has made us. Thou art worthy because Thou hast created all things, and all things were created for Thy pleasure. They are and were created. That's Revelation 4, 11. Well, down in Revelation number 5, they done changed gears, and they went into a new song that said, Thou art worthy because Thou hast redeemed us unto God by Thy blood out of every kindred nation and tongue. What are you saying? He's worthy because he made me. He's worthy because he is the creator and I am the creature. He dug me out of the dust of this ground and breathed into my nostrils the breath of life and I became a living soul. He is worthy. If he never did anything for me, he's worthy because he's the creator. But then he went past that and he became a man. He was born and he came and died on the cross and he went and redeemed me of my sin. He made sure I didn't have to go to hell and now I'm on my way to heaven. He's not only worthy because he made me, he's worthy because he saved me. And I'm telling you, he's double worthy. Say amen. Don't take me to another concert on Saturday night. Amen. 
Bless God, I'm trying to be dignified. We got visitors here. Hallelujah. Psalms 100. Isn't it good to be saved? The Bible says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. Y'all that sit in church and don't worship and don't make a peep, shame on you. It says, Make a joyful noise. Anybody can grunt, say amen. Listen, it says, Worship him in praise. Serve the Lord with gladness. I shouldn't have to beg you to do something for God. We should be glad to do something for Jesus. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. See, the key to that verse right there is that first word, know. The problem is most people don't worship because they don't know who He is. And they don't know who they are. Who are we? We're the sheep of his pasture, amen? It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Two words. Say it with me. Be. Say it again. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. You know what that means? That means this Bible will never grow old. We will, but it won't. This Bible will never be outdated. Could it, it is the living Word of God. Say amen. amen. Father, thank you for your Word. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, thank you for all the folks who come out this early morning to hear from you. God, I pray that you'll touch us now as we are thankful for your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm learning, I'm learning more and more. I think if you, if you never learn anything, you never grow. Amen? I hope... <laughs> I hope, I'm, I'm thinking about this because the Ott family is with us today and, 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 and they, they saw me when I, I you, you think I don't know nothing now. I sure didn't know nothing back then, amen. I, I, it, it was, it's God's wonder they even want to come to church with us today, I'm telling you. And I, I hope in my heart, I hope in my heart, in my life, I hope I have learned some things down through the years. One of the, one of the things that, that sometimes frustrates me a little bit is, 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 see, I know stuff. I know stuff that other people don't know, and, and because I know stuff, it affects me. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? How many of y'all have ever been uh, to that, that, that birthday party, and, and you know what's coming, you know what's coming, you know the surprise, and, and you can't stand it. I mean, you're just bubbling on the inside, can't wait, and these other people sitting here like a knot on log because they don't know what's fixing to happen. Are y'all with me? That's kind of how I feel sometimes when I come to the house of God. And, and, man, I get to thinking about who God is and what he's done for me. And I get to thinking about who he is. And I get to thinking about who I am and how unworthy I am and how worthy he is. And, and then I see people just sit there and look at you. And, and I'm thinking, man, what is your problem? Do you realize that you were a sinner saved by grace, that we didn't deserve heaven? All we deserved is to have our back broken, land in hell. But God left heaven so we could make it there how in the world can you stand still and the problem is just what that verse says know ye not don't you know 
who he is? Don't you realize it is he that has made us? He's the creator. He is the father. We're the child. He is the potter. We're the clay. Are y'all with me? And then he says, don't you know who you are? You're the sheep of his pasture. He's the owner. How much should we give him honor and glory? And then I read them two words. Why don't people worship right? Why don't people worship at all? I mean, why do so many people go through a routine and they just show up and they just hear the song and then they go out and, and it doesn't do nothing? Man, what a boring time. No wonder people don't go to church. I tried my best, Kendrick. I tried my best, not being facetious or nothing. I was just, I wanted to relax. I was off the clock. I got to lead worship so much it almost becomes like work, and I pray to God that don't never happen. I don't want that to ever happen. And I said, I'm going to just stay here. I'm going to just enjoy this. And man, I couldn't. I couldn't. Hey, the more he sang about who God was and how great is our God, and they begin to sing Jesus, Messiah, name above all names. And man, I had tears falling off of my face. I couldn't help it because I know who he is and I know who I am. And David said, What is man? When I behold the, the beauty and I behold the works of your hands, when I behold this great creation, what is man? that thou art mindful of him. Oh, who are we? Oh, my goodness. He says, be thankful. I'll tell you why we don't worship, because we don't know him, we don't know who he is, and we're not thankful. We are living in the most, and, and the Bible said in the last days, they will be unthankful. They will be unholy. In other words, not appreciate what they have. And here's the deal. It's hard to praise when you're unthankful. How many of y'all know what I'm saying? And why most people are unthankful is because they're immature. You look at a little baby. A little baby don't appreciate you staying up all night. Do I have a witness? Stayed up all night. That little baby don't know, don't realize you got to work tomorrow. And that little baby just, well, I want my bottle. I don't care if you're tired. Get up and get me something to eat. Unthankful. And they get older, and, and, and you know, until they start understanding. I don't think kids know are thankful for money until they get a job. Amen, Jordan? Yeah. I'm going to milk this one. Amen. I got to say this. I'm sorry, baby. I don't mean to do this, but I'll give you extra five after church for this embarrassment. It's amazing how big a tip you get just for being a cash register person when your daddy's standing on the other end of that counter. Amen. And that person was in the counter. And I said, ma'am, this is such great service. My goodness gracious. Let me just give you something. Because I wanted the other person to hear what I... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I slid on up in there yesterday. Say amen. Some of y'all that wasn't here last week, you don't know what I'm talking about, but let's get the tape. It's good. Amen. 
and, and she said, she, uh, she said, well, how many hours? She told me how many hours she got, and, and, uh, and, and, and she worked that day. And, and I said, well, now I calculated, I calculated the, the, the amount she was getting paid an hour. And I said, well, baby, you just earned such and such. What? Is that all? <laughs> that, ain't en- <laughs> that ain't enough for what I did. Amen. I said, welcome to the club. Amen. You know why we're unthankful? It's because we're not aware. I looked up the word thankful in Webster's Dictionary. Webster's Dictionary says thankful is this, a conscious awareness of benefits received. What does it mean to be thankful? It means you realize what God's done for you. Are you all with me? Good to see you, Jeff. I didn't see you out there. Glad you're home. Amen. You home all week? Cool. Amen. I want to I share with you just a couple things this morning. I, I'll be quick. I took up too much time already. But I want to show you some things I'm thankful for. That I am consciously aware of what God's done for me. It says this. It says this in, in Psalm 68, 19. What, what, what did the definition, what was the definition of thankful? A conscious awareness of benefits. Benefits. The word uh, Psalm sixty-eight nineteen said, "Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation." How many of y'all know we get we get we get benefits? Being saved, we get benefits. First thing, there's no way. And I'm 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 gonna just reminisce a little bit this morning, okay, guys? I'm I'm gonna reminisce, so y'all y'all bear with me. I just wanna I just wanna be thankful. I want to I practice what this verse says. I want to come into God's house this morning and be thankful for some things. And there's no way that I could go to uh, the other things that I want to be thankful for without first starting with the man that saves, Jesus Christ. I am thankful for Jesus Christ. You say, that's being disrespectful, saying it. No, no, no. The Bible says that we have an advocate with the Father. We have a mediator with God, a go-between. The man, it's in your New Testament, the man, Christ Jesus. We have a man upstairs. Amen. And he is on by the throne every day interceding for you and for me. You know, it's one thing, it's one thing to say that Jesus died for you. But you need to understand the most important thing is that he's living for you. Now, do y'all get that? He is living. Let me, let me turn over to 1 John. I, I, can tell, I can tell y'all are wondering what I'm talking about. Over, over in 1 John chapter number 2, if I can find it here quickly, the Bible says this. Watch this right here. My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate. That means a lawyer, a go-between. How many of y'all have ever had to go to court? Raise your hand if you had to go to court. How many of y'all ever had to go to court with a lawyer? How many of y'all glad he was on your side? Depends on which lawyer it was, amen? A, a, an advocate, one to stand, one to stand to represent you in court. Well, the Bible says our lawyer is Jesus Christ. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also the sins of the world. What does that mean? That means today that I am thankful, I am thankful, I am consciously aware of the benefit of Jesus' pardon. Say that word with me. Come on now, everybody say it. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the day I got saved. 
I'm not talking about the day I got saved. I'm talking about every day after I was saved. Some of y'all get that in just a second. I know some of y'all are real good people, but there's been days in my life after I was saved, I wasn't a real good person. There's been days in my life where I had an attitude. Anybody ever had an attitude? I saw a cool T-shirt. I did. I saw a cool T-shirt the other day. It said, you think I have an attitude problem. I have an attitude, and you have a problem with my attitude, but that's not my problem. Amen. There's been times in my life that I, I've had an attitude. I've had a wrong attitude. There's been times when, when, when things were not right in my life. And, and man, how many of y'all know that the Holy Spirit will come into your life and He'll say, you know that's not right. The Holy Spirit will convict us. The Holy Spirit will bring that spirit of conviction. And man, I tell you what, you've got to do something because you're about to go crazy. And you feel it. You feel that shame and you feel that, that guilt and that reproach. But when you come to God and you say, God, I am sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for my attitude. I'm sorry for my disobedience, Lord. Lord, would you please forgive me? And that verse comes to be, and uh, listen, if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and the pardon, the free pardon of sin where God comes and He forgives you and He washes your sins away and He makes it all brand new. I'm telling you, there's no feeling like knowing you've been forgiven. And He daily loads us up. You know why? Because we have daily issues, don't we? Sometimes we thank God and we're thankful for His saving grace. But I tell you what, I'm thankful for His living grace. Thank God for His pardon and His, His forgiveness. Throughout this year, I've thought about times I got stupid and just had issues and and boy, I just come to God broken and undeserving and just knowing He's going to kick me out. And He just says, you're forgiven. It made it all brand new. What a God who take black sin and dip it in red blood and it come out white as snow. What a God. I thank God for His pardon. Not only that, I tell you what, there's no way we could go any, any further without saying we thank God for His provision. His provision. Preacher, I'm poor as can be. You're still richer than over half of the world. Over, over half of the world live on $2 a day. God has provided. Now, I don't know about nobody in here, but I promise you that here lately, in the last little bit, I haven't got up from the table till I was done. I need a witness. I didn't go hungry. Matter of fact, most of the time, there was some left over. Am I talking to anybody? Y'all awake this morning? See, here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. A reality is taking place right now. We're starting to realize what God really has done for us, and now we're starting to feel a little bit of guilt because we have been unthankful amen that's okay we can change well I don't have a new car you got feet you got feet there's people that don't even have feet there's amputees there's people that came from the war and the service listen I have been seeing that some of our veterans and man I tell you we are blessed God has provided I look around at this place and what God has done. I say, wow. Every bill's paid. Everything's right where it needs to be. 
I know we may not have everything we want, but we sure have everything we need. I tell you what, you want to get richer? Need less. Pretty simple. The Bible says contentment with godliness. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Wealth is not measured by what you have. Wealth is measured by what you don't need. Now think about this a minute. Because there's people that have everything, yet they still feel poor. They still want more. They still are not satisfied. Yet they have everything they could possibly even want to think about buying. They still are not satisfied. Yet there's people living in a, a such a, 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 a thutch shack over in Africa with dirt floors and they have beans to eat. Yet they're happier than everybody else in the world. You know why? Because they need less. They're not, on, they're not popping pills. They're not on Valium. They're not, they're not having to go to psychiatrists because of, of, of what they're worried to death about. They're happy right where they are. That's a whole other message, but thank God that he provides. How many of y'all are appreciative of God's provision? He's provided. Not only that, but I thank God. I thank God for his presence. Aren't you glad you go to a church that he goes to? Where you feel his presence. Now, I know, I know it's, not, it's not every single service that he really shows out and shows up. And, you know, there's sometimes, and, and you don't, by the way, you don't pick fruit every, every day of the season. There's a, there's, a, there's a time and season for everything. There's a time to plow. There's a time to plant. There's a time to pluck up that which is planted. Are y'all with me? So, so, but there, the majority of the time, man, you can come in here and you can feel the presence of God. Last night, last night, I, is Dave in here? Dave, he, he's probably out there getting coffee or smoking a cigarette or something. I don't know what he's doing. But he's, I rode home with him. He's not smoking, by the way. He's not. I'm, I'm just kidding. I rode home with him last night, and I was just sitting there because this was a, this was a contemporary Christian concert, and uh, and and I was I was sitting there. I said, "Now I can understand a couple songs was a little lively and 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 might not be to somebody's preference, but I said I I cannot fathom in my head. I cannot fathom in my mind in my head how somebody." could sit and hear a song and see 3,000 people praising and worshiping God with tears dripping off their face. And, and the song is so biblical. I mean, it's right out of the Bible, right out of the Psalms, right out of Revelation. It's right there. I mean, it is completely biblical. And somebody stand there and say, well, this is of the devil. I, I, don't, I don't get that. I cannot even fathom that in my mind. Everybody has a preference of style and all this kind of stuff. But I'm telling you, when you try to, when you try to put your patent and your preference around God, you, you are making a grave mistake. And if you think the only place that God shows up is wherever you're at, and whatever you like, or whatever building that you prefer or whatever style that you prefer, well, I'm here to tell you, 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 you're making a grave mistake because there's been times riding down in my truck, I've been thinking about God and hearing God, uh, listen, being preached on the, on the CD player and hearing the Word of God being sung on the CD player. And I'm telling you, I get so wrapped up in the glory of God, I'm, I'm running off the road killing ants and stuff. Say amen. I thank God for His presence. Do you realize the Bible says in his presence is pleasures forevermore? 
We're going to find strength and joy in His presence. The problem is most of us have never been in His presence. I tell you what, that sounds, that sounds, like, that sounds like you ain't never been there. Thank God for His presence. Thank God that, you know, and I, you don't base anything by feelings. You don't. You base it by facts. But I'm glad when you get your facts straight, feelings won't be far. Because God will touch your heart. God will touch your life. Listen, a woman came to Jesus coming to worship him. She brought, she brought uh, uh, an offering and a blessing to him. And she came to, to give that to him, but something happened. When she got into his presence, the Bible said she began to weep. She began to weep and her tears began to... You see, they reclined while they were eating in that day in the Eastern custom. They reclined while they were eating. And, and as they were eating, she came up behind Jesus and she came to worship him and give to him and, and, and give him a gift. And, and she, began to, she began to weep and her, her tears began to fit, hit his feet. And, and oh, she felt so unworthy. She fell down and began to kiss his feet in, in Simon's house, by the way, and kiss his feet and, 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 and rub, rub his feet and, and worship him. Now, the rest of them said, boy, I tell you what, if he knew who she was, I want to know how did they know who she was. Just another thought, but... Oh, if he knew who she was, man, ain't no way. If he's a prophet like he says, if he's as holy as he says he is, he wouldn't let her touch his feet. That's because they didn't know him. See, we go back to Psalms 1. Do you know him? Do you really know him? Do you know him? He's a Messiah. He is a Savior. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He came to be a Messiah and a Redeemer. He came for the lost and the sinner. Oh, if he knew her. Oh, he did know her. But, he, but Simon didn't know him. Here's the point of that deal. When you get into his presence, things are spontaneous. Nobody had to prompt and prime and beg. and play. It was automatic because there's something about being in his presence. I was sitting there trying to enjoy my popcorn. I was, Miss Kathy, I was as dignified as you can imagine. I was enjoying that. But there was something about when the breeze of the Holy Ghost come in. I couldn't, I couldn't contain it. I couldn't, I couldn't not worship. I could not not give him praise and glory. I could not stand and give him my, my worship and my praise because there's something about the presence of God. I thank God for his presence. I just want to be thankful. I don't have time to do the rest. Man, it's good. I'm thankful for the the man that saves. I'm thankful for the memories that share. Just write it down. I just tell you, just write it down. I ain't gonna preach it. The memories that shared. We got a lot of good memories here, don't we? I wrote some memories down. I wrote some first things. This year, Brother Ott, for a special service, we broke two thousand. We had two thousand here for a special service in Easter for the very first time. For the very first time, we broke a 1,000 in a regular service. In regular service attendance, we broke a 1,000. For the first time, we had our largest one-time mission offering. We took up $37,000 in a mission offering to be a blessing and see people saved. Are y'all with me? For the first time, we had, we had a, a, a service on the football field in Coleman. Yeah, right there. 
we were sitting there in the parking lot cooking. And, and I said, well, why don't we just have service out here because we're going to have to keep cooking because people are still hungry and this was right after the tornado. I said, we need to just stay here and, and, and we got to think we're going to have to carry all them chairs from the church and set them up here in this parking lot. I got thinking, that's too much like work, say amen. When you could, re- you could look 100 yards over there and there was bleachers. I said, why don't we ask them if we can go have it in the, in the football field? They said, oh, no. They won't do that. They, won't, they don't let nobody on that field. I tell you, I said, all they can say is no. And we asked, guess what they said? Yeah. I believe they was hungry, amen? And man, we had a time. We had a time. First time ever. Matter of fact, that was the first time anybody but a football game was on that field. Church, say amen. First things. I thank God for first things. I thank God for, I thank God for funny things. Funny things. I was baptizing this year one of the first or second, uh, first or second uh, 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 celebration service we had where we was baptizing. Yeah, right there. Brother Clayton's boy, he, he, uh, uh, he's on the swim team or whatever, and, and this was the very first time that I have ever baptized anybody that ready. <laughs> he come over them steps, and I seen him. He had his goggles on and his cap, and buddy. And, and I know what you think. Oh, he was just being fun. No, he was dead serious. He was dead serious about his baptism. He was dead serious about being ready, and I dunked him. Say amen. I got so tickled about it, I just held him up so everybody could see. Amen. Aren't you glad you can smile in the house of God? I can't, I can't help but think about just a couple weeks ago when Brother Scott was baptizing. Brother Scott, this is one of his first times, and he was nervous as a cat baptizing. He said, son, you've got to figure out this and, and learn how to do it. If you're going to be pastoring, if you're going to be doing it. That one of his first people to come in there said, now I just had neck surgery. Be careful. <laughs> Made him nervous. Ah! And the next gentleman that come in had his arm down to his side like this. And, and Scott said, now, okay, now hold your nose with this hand and hold your wrist with that hand. He said, I broke my arm. <laughs> he said, don't touch that arm. I broke my arm. He said, and this, honest to God, this is what he said. He said, I broke my arm before, and they said it, but I was playing basketball last night, and it broke again, and I got to go to the hospital and get a cast. But I knew if they put a cast on it, I wouldn't be able to get baptized. So I'm going to get baptized, then I'm going to the hospital. <laughs> Scott's like, for real? <laughs> and you know what I thought? That's a better man than me, amen? I went to the hospital. Funny things. And then, then he had a gentleman. Now, y'all know you, you have the little napkin there to hold the nose and everything, you know? <laughs> and uh, and you, hold, you hold your nose with the napkin. Are y'all with me right there? And, and so the guy comes up, and he has a napkin in his hand, and he holds his nose here. Brother Scott, I mean, right in front of everybody, God and country and the church, right here in front of everybody. And, and, and Scott said, no, 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 put, put the napkin in your other hand. He said, okay. <laughs> and they went back and forth like Laurel and Hardy. I don't know what that was about. Funny things. Listen, if you, if you grew up in a church that never laughed, I'm I'm sorry. Laughter doeth good like a medicine. A merry heart. And I thank God. I thank God for the funny things. There was a whole lot more, but I can't, I can't repeat them. <laughs> Memories that shared. First things, funny things. Fulfilling things. Fulfilling things. 
Man, I tell you what, there's nothing like standing in the parking lot, seeing all of your church members out there working to the bone, sweat dripping off their face to minister to their community. Standing over barbecue grills, standing over barbecue grills, getting overheated. I mean, they cooked so much, and one barbecue grill melted down. We had, we had to replace and buy a new barbecue grill for the one that burnt down because they just kept cooking and kept cooking kept cooking. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of meals round the clock by volunteers who cared enough about their community to give their time. Say amen. Man, I tell you, that's fulfilling memories to me. And I, I, I got to give you this, and I got to give you this, and we're going to pray. I'm not only thankful for the man that's, that saves, but I, I'm thankful for the ministry or the memories that share. But this is, this is the deal. I'm thankful for the ministry that supported. The ministry that supported. I don't know if you understand this or not, but it is a monumental task to have one service take place. The amount of volunteers that we need, the amount of volunteers it takes to make this happen. There's so many people here that's, that's getting everything ready before you show up, and they'll be here when you go home. And I tell you what, I thank God for servants, people who are willing to come. And they have, first, they have a surrendered heart. They have a surrendered heart. Because, see, we've changed a lot of stuff lately, haven't we? And, and we have people here that's got a surrendered heart saying this. We're not preaching. We may not agree with it. And we may not even like it. But, hey, if you're saying that's what God's doing, let's go. And I want to say this, and I don't want to be facetious in how I say it, but I want you to get this. There ain't a whole lot of people that can get away with what I get away with here. And I don't mean that smart, and I don't mean that mean. I'm just saying this. You're willing to follow God. You're willing to say, okay, preacher, if God has told you that, if God is speaking that to you, if that's what God is saying, let's go. And there are so many churches that are splitting. There are so many churches that are dead. There's so many churches that are dying, that are not growing because they're not willing to follow the man of God. And I tell you, if there's anything I'm thankful for today, I'm thankful for people with a surrendered heart. I've got, we work with about seven churches over in Athens, Georgia, and seven churches here in, 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 in uh, Coleman. We have people call us every week. How are y'all doing? How are y'all growing? Man, can you help us? And this is what I tell them, every single one. I can give you a list of things to do, but that will not work until you first do one thing. They say, what? I said, this is the most important thing. You can't do anything else until you do this one thing. And they say, well, what is it? I said, you've got to change the attitude of your people. It's got to move from being an inward church to an outreach church. If you've ever heard the phrase, well, what about us? You know you've got an inward church. But if you hear the phrases, what do we need to do to reach more? What do we need to do to see more saved? If they have the attitude of Paul that I'm willing to become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some, I'm telling you, that's where it's at. And I thank God for a surrendered heart. I thank God for a servant's heart. See, none of this works without people willing to serve, willing to work, willing to make it happen. And not only that, but a sacrificial heart. Willing to put up and do things and, and go beyond the call of duty. If you, if you serve on a team, if you serve on a team here at Temple, won't you stand real quick, just stand real quick. If you're on one of them teams back there, the sound, sights and sounds, first impressions, uh, worship team, hospitality team, 
Wow. Look at this. Church, let's give them a hand. Everybody give them a hand. This does not work without all these people. And I, for one, am truly thankful. I am aware of what you mean to this place. And from the bottom of my heart, I'm not just saying thank God saying thank you thank you for all you do thank you for the time that you put in thank you for the sacrifice that you make to make this thing happen and all God's people say it Amen. Father in Jesus